Hey there, it's Jim Stengel, host of the CMO Podcast. We're all marketers here, so let's be real for a sec. We all know that your website shouldn't be a static asset. It should be a dynamic part of your strategy to build your brand and drive conversions. That's Marketing 101. But 54% of marketing leaders say web updates take too long. That's over half of you listening right now. And that's where Webflow comes in. Their visual-first platform allows you to build, launch, and optimize web pages fast. That means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge. Learn why teams like Dropbox, IDEO, and Orange Theory all trust Webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com. Can you think of the first brand in your life that had an impact on you that was Ooh. resonant like when you were a kid? Jesus, like that's deep. Um, like, I don't know. Um, I, um, when I was a kid, I was, I was always, oh, I'm Brazilian, so I was always very into football, meaning soccer sure. for the Americans. Um, and, um, and I think that the, the, probably the first brand, it was probably sport brand too. It was either Nike or, or, or Adidas. Uh, I also think about food. You know, I was always very proud as a, as a guy from Rio of some of the brands that are very local in Rio. Um, like like a biscuit that they sell at the beach, uh, which if you're Brazilian and know what I'm talking about, you're probably laughing now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jim Stengel, and I help major brands find their purpose and activate it, and the profits follow. For seven years, I was the global marketing officer for Procter & Gamble, where I oversaw the marketing of hundreds of brands. You may not know it, but the CMOs, the chief marketing officers of all of your favorite brands, are trying to connect you with your favorite products and services through purpose. And on this show, I delve into how they do it. Today, my guest on the CMO podcast is Fernando Machado, the chief marketing officer of Burger King, a large challenger brand in the highly creative fast food industry. Fernando is the only person in the world who has twice won the Brand Week Genius of the Year, first for Dove when he was at Unilever, and for Burger King after that, the only person in the world. And the reason he has won that twice is he is perhaps the most creative CMO in the world. He talks a lot on this podcast about how to build a culture of relentless creativity and more importantly, acting quickly on creative ideas. We talk about how to balance the short and long term. We talk about how to build an organization of generalists and specialists. And we talk about his personal passions. So here's my conversation with Fernando Machado. So Fernando, welcome to the CMO Podcast. What's cool about today is we're talking to each other on the day that you announced unhappy meals at Burger King, <laughs> right? The real meals Pretty for much. every mood. Pretty much. So that's crazy. So, And it's also Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. So give me a little bit of the backstory to start our interview about this idea, why you did it, you know, your goals, your objectives, yep. what was the inspiration for it? Yeah. So, we, I mean, we, we have done uh, over the past few years, like uh, a bunch of ideas that are not necessarily just focused on the commercial gain or the short term sales of, uh, for the brand. Mm -hmm. You know, like we want to keep our brand modern, connected to people, uh, like uh, surfing pop popular culture, creating waves of popular culture. Um, around four or five years ago, with a lot of positioning work, trying to make the brand a little bit more modern. Uh, we evolved from uh, having it away from being just uh, customization to be more about self-expression and individuality. Uh, we are the brand that puts the crown on everyone's head, that welcomes everyone. Uh, we believe that sandwiches that are perfectly imperfect taste better, uh, and we embrace our guests perfectly imperfect the way they are, right? I mean, so that's yeah. kind of like the, uh, in, in a nutshell. So around, I would say around like, like nine, 12 months ago, uh, Mullen Low, which is uh, one of our key agencies, they are the main uh, digital agency do doing the work for digital uh, in the case of North America, meaning like the US, mm -hmm. they came up with this idea. It was actually a presentation where I was present, the North America team was present, uh, and we felt it could be very powerful. You know, like we, we always try to do things differently. So to do something that's kind of like the opposite of a happy meal, calling attention to uh, an issue that's through, uh, more than ever, uh, exacerbated by social media, I would say, uh, felt like something interesting. So the issue is mental health. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that uh, the fact that 
today, maybe with social media pressure or society pressure, uh, there are lots of people who don't feel good about expressing uh, when they are not feeling their best. Uh, and we believe that's important. And, and it's important because we believe that people should be who they are and should express how they are their way. Uh, that's the position of the brand. So uh, the North American team took the lead on bringing this project to life. We, we were helping a little bit here, a little bit there, but it was like huge credit to our our US team, like uh, Diego, Flavio, George, like the, those guys did like all the heavy lifting uh, of the work and we launched it this week. And, and so far, the uh, it was really well received by the press and by especially by our fans. Um, so very happy with that one. Well, you're a master at this. I mean, I woke up this morning and my phone had an alert. It was that idea. And <laughs> then I clicked on it and everyone was covering it. Yeah. So the, you know, the earned media guide out of that is going to be enormous. Yeah, like we, we are not the brand that has the biggest budget uh, in the category. So we, we need to come up with ideas that will make uh, not only the brand stand out, but ideas that people, when they see the idea, they feel, oh, this is quintessentially Burger King. Like only Burger King uh, could have done that. Uh, and, and when we get it right, uh, we end up getting a lot of earned media I mean, lots of press covering uh, the stuff we do uh, and a lot of talkability uh, because the ideas are fun or they have a meaning uh, or they add to the conversation. Uh, they don't feel too commercial. And that's why people share in press covers. So you know the McDonald's global CMO, right? She worked at Unilever, Sylvia. She, she's awesome. Does, does she ever call you when you do ideas like that to say, well done, or that's funny, uh, or I, we, it helps like, the category, uh, we, we, or stop talk, bugging us? We talk every now and then. Uh, it has been a while, actually, that we haven't connected. Uh, but uh, when we talk, we tend to not talk about work. You know, like I have the ultimate respect, not just for Sylvia, but for uh, McDonald's as an organization. Sure. I think that they are, uh, it must be really difficult to like, uh, to, to do marketing such like a huge like uh, budget and, and make the right choices and uh, franchisees and, and their sheer size. And they tend to be like the bumper uh, of the category because they're so uh, large. Uh, so you have 17,000 awesome. restaurants or so, right? Yes. How many do they have? They, they double have that? Like double that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have doubled that, and uh, and in some day parts, they are much stronger than we are, like breakfast, for instance. Right. So they also sell more per restaurant. So they, their size is ginormous. Yeah. Um, so Sylvia, you worked with her at Unilever, right? You both worked on Dove years ago together? We No, not you... together. She, she was the person who... Um, um, who was there driving campaign for real beauty uh, when it was, it was first amazing. born, which is incredible, right? I mean, uh, and I it's an idea up, on that brand that has been going for what fifteen years and still probably, strong. Yeah, I think it was always about real women, uh, but it was well articulated as campaign for real beauty during the time uh, Sylvia was there uh, with Ogilvy uh, as the agency, which has been the agency for the brand since ever. Um, and uh, and we had the I had the opportunity to work uh, together with her for almost a year when um, she was the senior vice president for Savory, which is basically like foods right. uh, at Unilever, and I was managing foods for uh, uh, for Latin America for uh, for Unilever. Uh, and she's awesome. She's a great leader. She was an inspiration for every single uh, marketeer on that organization, uh, and, and she was. At, at some point in time, the, the most senior marketing, Brazilian marketing person and female uh, on top of that. So a uh, very powerful uh, leader. And I had the honor and the pleasure of being able to, to report to so her. So we should get her on the CMO podcast. Right? Uh, she's awesome. I will definitely get her. Yeah, super. Yeah. So you're the only person in the world who has received the Brand Week Genius Award twice. Once for your work on Dove in 2013 and once for Burger King, I think, in 2018. You also received Marketer of the Year at, Can at the Cannes Festival for your company. So that's amazing. And I, I still to can't believe. <laughs> well, that's the best thing, right? You're, yeah. you, you, you keep your, your ground, that you keep your humility because I've known you for many years. But tell me, how do you, what's your secret? I mean, these are two amazing things. You are, of all the CMOs I know, are the most consistent person in, in, in getting ideas out of your organization. Creativity just is every, in everything you touch. How do you do it? What's your secret? What can others learn from you? Look, I mean, I, I believe um, creativity can be a competitive advantage. You know, like it doesn't matter if you are a challenger brand like Burger King is. Dove was market leader, uh, you know, like, yeah. uh, and, um, uh, and I always thought 
uh, that creativity could make a difference um, and, uh, and believed on it. So and, and, and at very early stages of my career, I liked it. I like advertising, design. It didn't mean that I knew how to do it, mm -hmm. uh, but like uh, I, I invested, I became obsessed uh, about understanding uh, advertising and uh, uh, and design and in developing my criteria. Uh, and I was lucky enough to work with people who always invested a disproportional amount of time, very generous of them, uh, to coach me at Unilever, at Burger King, like from the agency side, uh, from, uh, from like uh, my bosses or peers or other people, um, and um, and I think that uh, the work that I did even before that on Vaseline and uh, in, in savory in Latin America, I always tried to push to the limit uh, of of creativity because I believe that that would give us a better result in terms of the business results and in terms of uh, strengthening the brand, um, and and that has proven to work. Uh, so far. So I'm always trying to do that. And I think that the secret is try to work close together with agency partners that you trust um, um, and, uh, and having so a strong criteria. who are the criteria. agencies right now you're working with where you like, have that high level of trust? We, we work a lot with, um, uh, with David, um, which has been uh, one of our main agencies for since I started Burger King. Uh, we work with, um, uh, with um, uh, Mullen Law, uh, Mullen Law does a lot of the digital work in the U.S. They also do our work in, in a lot of our work in Spain with Lola, which is Lola Mullen Law. Uh, we've worked with Grabars, which is an uh, independent agency in Germany. Uh, BBH London is doing the work for the U.K. The thing is, we tend to work with smaller agencies, and because of the uh, the, the, the business model that we have, which tends to have master franchisees uh, uh, leading the work in the countries, um, we tend to have a fragmented agency network. The beauty uh, uh, of our model is that we made the positioning very clear to everyone. Um, and our key counts, they have great uh, talent. Um, and we invest this proportional amount of time making sure that they continue to understand the brand and pushing the boundaries of creativity. So simple briefs, simple brand. We get like a nonstop stream of like ideas that comes into our direction. I also think that there is something about, is like, uh, oh, you're a great client, uh, so you do more ideas. So you end up like getting more ideas and then you become a better client. Um, for a creative person, the worst that can happen is to have a great idea and the client doesn't do it. We are doers. Yeah. You know, we get stuff out on the street. Is that your secret? Because, you know, do you have any other rituals? I mean, do you ask the agencies to give you an idea a week or you hold no. meetings that are just for creativity? And But but is, is the secret that... Is if there's an idea, you make a quick decision on it and you yeah. do it I think and you that, accept I think the risk if, if because if, you don't seem yeah. to do a lot of pre-market testing. No, we, we do testing. Like, uh, we, we te like we test more uh, things that we invest more money. You know, if, if, if the idea is super powerful and, uh, uh, and doesn't even require much media, I will not test. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if I'm doing a Super Bowl spot, I will probably test that. Sure. Like, uh, if I'm doing, like, a, if a, a campaign that going, is going on TV, it's supporting innovation, they're going to put, like, 15, 20 million dollars behind. I will. Uh, I will test that. Um, I'm not going to allow the research to simply tell me what to do when I get those results. But I, there is no harm in having a read and seeing, like, uh, what research tells you. In the end, it's a marketing decision. Uh, but it's good to have like uh, the, the read. Um, I think that the, the ritual that we have, which is not a ritual, uh, is we answer pretty damn quick, you know. Like, and if someone calls me or sends me a message saying like, "Hey, we have something really cool that we want to share with you," I will make myself available immediately uh, to uh, because I trust them. Uh, my WhatsApp is nonstop, uh, and we have groups with the agencies. We have a we have a marketing team in WhatsApp of like a hundred people from all, all over the world that work for Burger King. We're exchanging ideas, sharing stuff all the time. Uh, we make it very dynamic. And I think that's the kind of like our How secret. often are you yourself on that app? Me? Yeah. Four or five times a day? Four or five times a day. Uh, like all the time? Mm -hmm. Like every idle time that I have, and like I know that doesn't sound very healthy, but... Uh, if I'm like on a, on a taxi going to the airport, I'll probably make a phone call. I will check what people are talking about the brand on Twitter. Um, I will check my WhatsApp. Um, like I'm 
I'm always on, you know, like, but because I love this, you know what I mean? That's the other thing. I'm super proud of the work uh, we've done as a team uh, for Burger King. I end up like appearing more because I'm the CMO um, and, and kind of like tends to be like the, the face of, of the team, but there's a whole team of people uh, doing this stuff. You know, I did my um, involvement with uh, uh, Moody Meals or Real Meals was very small. You know, like I, I just gave some feedback on the treatment. I, I, gave, I gave them an injection of confidence on the idea. I pushed them to make it bigger. Uh, but there is a team that's very competent that's like doing uh, that work. Mm-hmm. So when do you think this... Uh this passion for your work, this creativity, the love of design and creative ideas, where did that start in your life? Was it in your childhood? Was it from a parent? Um, Was it from a a sibling or a friend? So my my story is the following. I'm I'm Brazilian, as you can probably pick that I have like this funny accent from somewhere. Um, I grew up in Brazil, like moving around quite a bit. Uh, My dad was from the work for the army. Uh, He was a teacher uh, on uh, on engineering uh, at the army. My mom uh, was a a stay-at-home mom. Um, and um, and I lived in the Amazon, in Bahia, which is the Northeast. Mm-hmm. I lived in Campinas, which is the countryside of Sao Paulo. In Sao Paulo, I was born in Rio. Um, and maybe th- that mix of cultures, because it's very different, like the North Brazil from the South, made me more open and curious to things. Uh, I always loved drawing. So my books in school, they were like full of drawings because I spent like the whole time drawing. Um, and I think I became more extrovert because... I had to make friends uh, since I was moving around, uh, and I was I was just very very curious, um, and uh, and I studied mechanical engineering uh, because I was good with numbers. My dad was an engineer, uh, and the first time I heard the word marketing was when I was doing an internship in the shop floor of a factory in Unilever uh, back in 1996, and uh, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, they do that, the business side, which has the numbers, but they also do the creative stuff, which I always consider myself to be creative because of drawing and I love photography. So it's it was just kind of like a natural thing, you know, and, and, and being able to go to a company. I was crazy enough to go from the factory to the headquarters of Unilever in Brazil to work in marketing. And they were even more crazy than I was by allowing me to do that. Uh, and then they put like coaches and, and, and learning on the job uh, and a lot of training. And then I kind of like developed from there. But I was always very curious and very um, artistic, especially when it comes to to drawing. Do you still draw? Yeah. yeah. And pictures too? You're still doing photography? I do. I mean, I, I have a, an Instagram just on Wynwood uh, in Miami uh, because I love uh, graffiti art. Uh, and I think it's the graffiti there is like out of this world. So every, Have you met like, Cobra? Huh? Have you met Cobra? I haven't met him in person. Uh, but Cobra is all over Winwood. Yeah. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I met him in person a few weeks ago. He's yeah. remarkable. He's remarkable. Yeah, like the, he's he an does incredible street pieces, artist. Yeah. He has 19 works in New York City. Yeah, it's crazy. And he has he's a, everywhere. Yeah, and he has a you know he has a passion for street art. Yeah. and what it can do for people and communities. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. But most of those guys, they are kind of like that. You know what I mean? Like they're really interesting uh, people, and their uh, craft is just amazing. You go to Winwood, Winwood walls. Uh, and just what art brought to that community, it, like um, I strongly recommend if you come to yeah, Miami. If you ever go travel there. to Miami, go there. Yeah. First stop. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Not South Beach. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Got it. So you worked twenty years at Unilever. Eighteen. Eighteen, mm-hmm. and now you're how many years at Burger King? Five and a half. Okay, super. Yeah. So these are two big companies in your background. Yeah. So tell me, um, what's your favorite Unilever brand as a family or as a person? Yeah. So like. Uh, the, it's funny because, like, when I was an intern in Unilever, I didn't know the range of brands that Unilever had, honestly, because Unilever back then was not investing on creating a master brand, right? In fact, it was not even Unilever. Uh, in Brazil, it was GC Lever, uh, which was the acquisition of GC and Lever together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember going to the company store because we had a company store in the factory. And this will sound really stupid, but I entered the company store and thought, how cool is this? They have partnership with all these other companies. <laughs> to have because I thought, because I wasn't a loudly detergent uh, factory, I thought that we were only doing loudly detergent. Wow. Uh, and it was like, they had cheese, they had ice cream, they had, and it was all Unilever. Um, I think that my favorite brand in Unilever and strong bias because I worked on, their, on this brand and 
I, I have great friends that still work there and they find uh, amazing uh, the, the purpose and all the stuff that they do is Dove. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, but like they are very powerful, like Axe Links, I think it's a beautiful brand too. Uh, as a Brazilian, Omo, which is a laundry right. detergent brand in Brazil, which for many, I grew up with Omo being the brand top of mind in Brazil for 15 years in a row. Uh, like um, as like the the in all categories. And I'm not talking about laundry. Well, you know, uh, yeah, you do. know that. Yeah. that really how do you well. think they achieve that? The Omo team over time. Um, I think it's like it's tough to do. Yeah, it is, and 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 I think it's like always trying to um, evolve and innovate. I mean, Omo was an innovation machine. I remember like when the first time I remember Omo being just one product. And it became a range of products, like we specialized in uh, white clothes and colorful mm-hmm. clothes and like whatever, like uh, and evolved to liquid. Uh, and they, they made the, the positioning more uh, purposeful by talking about dirt is good and all those things. So it was a brand that was always very active. It's a massive category right. uh, uh, in Brazil. Uh, they had 85% share, I don't even know. So they had a ton of money to invest. So it was consistent investment, innovation, advertising uh, to nurture uh, the love uh, for, for the brand. Mm-hmm. So after this 18 years at Unilever, you were in London at the time, yep. and you jumped to Miami to yes. work in fast food. So yep. what's that about? Why I, did you I do called that? them. <laughs> Can you believe that? They never called me. I was the one who made the phone call. Why? Uh, because like it, it's funny. Like my my last four years at Unilever were the best four years back then uh, of my work life. You know, everything that could go right went right. Uh, everything that could go wrong went right. Uh, and that's hardly ever happens. You and know? the brands you were working on, working on at the time were? Was, was Dove. Was Dove. Uh, so I was I was responsible for skin cleansing, which is shower products, right. and skin care, which is facial cleansing and body lotions. And I was doing a lot of the work for Master Brand. Um, I, I had a boss that I get along really well with, still my friend. He's still there. He's still the, the big guy for Dove, Steve Myers. And uh, w- with whom I worked before on Vaseline for three years. So it was a total of seven years uh, working mm. together. So almost like um, half of my career in Unilever, I had the same boss uh, from whom I've learned so much. And uh, uh, and and the work was, the brand was flying, you know, like uh, we were growing double digit growth, uh, which, which was not the case before mm-hmm. um, and, and it's really important for Dove to grow fast because the margin for Dove is higher than the average margin for right. Unilever. So it's not growing as fast. You're diluting margin at Unilever. And uh, uh, and we are doing work that I'm extremely proud of. We did real beauty sketches. We did camera shy. We did ad makeover. We did like an endless uh, number of things that, uh, that were very celebrated internally and, and, and in the industry. So after four years there and being getting all the recognition I got, I have zero complaints, like uh, I love my team, but it, I had this moment where uh, in 2013, which for the first time in my career, I was not itching to do the next thing, mm. you know, and that never happened, you know, like right. when I was a brand manager, I want to become a director, when I was a director, right. I want to become right. director for a bigger brand. Blah, it's, it was always like this. And I was not really itching to do another senior VP job, uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and and I didn't think it was yet time for me to jump too high because I still like to do the work. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe, maybe if I'm not itching, maybe I should look outside uh, and and pick something that would be completely different. Because what's the point of changing Unilever for another uh, company that's similar to Unilever? Uh, and then I thought about technology. Uh, and I did call one technology brand. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, oh, let me think about a brand that I like, that did amazing work in the past, but it's not doing great work now, so it's a bit dusted, uh, in, a, in a culture or an environment that's completely different. And, and in the case of Burger King, I was always like a huge fan of the work that Crisping right. uh, has Crispin done. Yeah. yeah, like uh, a Whopper Freak Out, which is still my favorite campaign of all time for Burger King. Uh, uh, Whopper Virgins, Whopper Sacrifice, The King's Games, I, I, like Subserving Chicken. I grew up like uh, being a fan of that stuff. And um, in 3G Capital, felt like very different than Unilever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm Brazilian, so I kind of like know uh, the culture a little bit. Um, I always loved the idea of like designing a space 
uh, and being responsible. Right. I'm responsible for my team is for designing yeah. the restaurant. Uh, I thought that having to work with franchisees, um, I would, and in an environment that people don't know me, uh, it would put me completely out of, outside of my comfort zone in terms of how to influence people and, and my leadership style. Uh, in Unilever, I knew everyone, from the doorman to Paul Pullman, everyone in the middle, like I was there for 18 years. So I was able to get away with doing things in a easier way maybe than if you're coming in because I knew who I had to talk to to get stuff done. Sure. So what was that call like when you called Burger King? What I did, called who Alex. Who did you call? What did you say? I called Alex Macedo. Alex Macedo was the president, the Burger King president for North America, which is our largest region. So very senior reporting straight to the CEO. We only had Burger King back then. Uh, and I call we we were uh, on in INSEAD together on doing mm -hmm. MBA in school. Yeah. Uh, so I called him and said, "Hey, um, um, what's up?" Like we talk every now and then, and we had just met in our reunion. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I said, "Hey, I'm thinking about leaving uh, Unilever." And then he laughed for a good like three minutes <laughs> because like every time like uh, you. Uh, you work on a place for 18 years and you tell someone that you're thinking about leaving. It becomes your identity, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. It, well, I mean, in, in my MBA, my nickname was Unilever, which is ridiculous. Uh, that's a good reason to leave, like, <laughs> automatically. Um, anyway, Could have been Dove. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that would be good, too. Uh, but, like, uh, I... So I, I told... And I explained to him, like, look, I mean, I want you to do something different. And I'm like, oh, you are not serious. I'm like, no, I am serious. Like, but you don't want to come here. Here's, like, a total mess. We don't even have market. There's no global market. I'm like, well... Maybe that's why you, you guys need me. Uh, so look, um, invite me to for an interview and, and let's see. And then, okay, cool. Uh, so I came to Miami uh, and I've met um, everyone. I met Daniel Schwartz, who was the CEO. Mm -hmm. He was already the CEO. Yeah, he was a CEO uh, back then. I met Jose Seal, who back then was uh, the president for Europe. I met Elias, who was the president for Asia Pacific. I met Alex Baring, who is the chairman for 3G. Right. Uh, and it felt... Like, and I met lots of other people, and have, like everyone in the building interviewed me, um, and I was there for like one, two days, and it felt like a very um, transparent, informal, everyone was wearing jeans and like an untucked shirt, uh, maybe then had it tucked in, um, <laughs> uh, uh, like running shoes, uh, like Alex Perry interviewed me uh, in South Beach in the hotel. I think he was, if I recall correctly, he was wearing a, a Bermudas. And a, and a flip-flop because he just arrived from a place and he was just resting. And it was always like very informal. So it felt very nimble and fast and and, and they clearly needed a mar marketing uh, um, uh, skills uh, because it, most people there were like very, very smart, incredibly hardworking, but it was more of like a generalist mm -hmm. place rather than a place with specialists. Um, so I came in uh, they put me to work reporting to Axel Schwann, who is a great guy, a uh, German guy who worked mm -hmm. for Unilever at some point, uh, but has had a ton of experience in restaurant business. I mean, his family owns restaurants in Germany. So Axel helped me uh, understand like uh, that that business, right? Um, and uh, and that's how that's how I started, you know. So like, your comment about specialists and generalists. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Do you do you feel like what's what is that about? Do you need a balance? Um, How do you think about I that think, at Burger King? I think now? it depends on depends on your culture. You know, like I think that not just at Burger King, but I think that uh, RBI in general, which is the owner of Burger King, yes, uh, restaurant brands international. Yes, uh, th there is a belief which works. I would say most of the time, I mean, there is no no belief is perfect. Right, I mean, and anything that's taken to an extreme has a side effect, right. right? But like the belief is that if you if you hire people who are incredibly smart, if you um, um, give them, empower them to do things, and uh, and you turn them into owners uh, of the business, owners meaning meaning like like it's your it's your thing, and I will reward you accordingly. Yeah, mm -hmm, so you. Mm -hmm. You, you you become an owner. You make more money usually in stocks than on your salary because you're right. owner, right? Uh, if you do that, you can throw people at anything, and they will succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, which which is true. It works. You know, I think that on the short term term, it may cause a lot of friction and back and mm -hmm. forward, and 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 try and error, but it 
on the long term, medium term, it works. Now, if you want to accelerate something, you better have at least one specialist in the mix. Because if you don't have, if everyone is a generalist, you don't know what great. So give me an idea like. of a specialist, a Burger King that you brought in to accelerate something. Yeah, so um, I think that, for instance, if you think in the beginning, I didn't bring in people because I felt that I, I needed more people to know that knows like how things work internally mm-hmm. in franchisees and the personal business. Then I could bring from consumer goods or from other industry that I knew. Uh, so I first leveraged a lot of people who I felt that had potential internally, uh, and it worked. As time progressed, like then I started to, to bring people in. So the, uh, my head of marketing, for instance, uh, is a guy who half of his career, uh, Marcelo Pasco, half of his career, he was on the agency side, uh, and then he moved to Coca-Cola, and then he moved to Airbnb. And now he is uh, with us. So it's a guy that clearly knows advertising and, and, and design. Um, uh, our tech team, uh, which doesn't necessarily report to me. I have I have a digital team, but the tech team is more like the guys who code and all the stuff. You cannot have a generalist uh, right. uh, doing that. But the guys that work on my team uh, with, with regards to restaurant image, they are architects. You cannot have an MBA, you know, like uh, uh, doing that because it will take him forever. Uh, to get a permit, right, you know, like right. a, to choose the right material, to understand that if you choose that tile, it's going to be terrible operationally, mm-hmm. uh, or like er- the ergonomics of the of the furniture. You need someone that has uh, that skill. You you can throw a generalist there, but uh, it, will it will take, take longer, longer right. uh, to to accomplish that. We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then. The results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. So your first CMO job was at Burger King. Yeah. Right? And you were promoted about two years ago. Yes. The CMO. So tell me about that job. What do you do? I mean, what's the work? If you compare it to running a business. Yes. What is the work? Yeah. So it's funny because, like, if you put uh, it into buckets, if what would I it were be? like, I, I try to explain that to my mom like a hundred times, it's probably impossible <laughs> uh, to do that. Like, uh, and my grandmother, like, I mean, uh, who already passed away uh, a while back, but it was really funny. Like, uh, when I was at Unilever, uh, I, I never worked on Omo, which is the largest laundry mm-hmm. brand. Uh, but my grandmother would introduce me to all her friends, saying, like, Oh, this is my grandson, he works on Omo. And I'm like, no, I don't work for him. <laughs> uh, and he works on. He films all the ads. I, I have never. I don't film anything, <laughs> you know. Uh, so what? What do I do? I think that my my main role, uh, uh, if I were to describe in a more broad strokes way, and then I can go operationally. Um, my main role is like to make sure that we deliver short term sales, mm-hmm. uh, and that this brand is relevant ten years from now. You know, like if I were to so short and long term. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you cannot. I mean, you cannot. Uh, just focus on the now, uh, you will survive probably longer than if you just focus in the future, but you're not going to, to do your job. You know, like you need to, to do uh, both things. Surely, so one of, my, yeah. m- one of my most frequently asked questions by marketing people is how do you balance the short and long term? It's really hard when you have to make investment decisions and how you spend your time. So how do you do that? Because you're obviously doing it well. It's, yeah. it's a stronger brand. Since you've been there and your sales have been up nicely. Yeah. So the, the short term is always urgent, right? I mean, so the short term tends to be in the in, in the absence of time, you will probably um, uh, prioritize the short term. You know what I mean? Like uh, I tend to see almost like as a dish. You know what I mean? Like I cannot talk about the dessert, which is the long term, if I don't have the, the basic food. Uh, to eat, you know, so it's very hard for this. I, I would not be, we would not be able to do real meal or like the campaign right. that we discussed in the beginning, if sales were not good. 
Because imagine like me going to the board saying like, hey, we're going to do this campaign for mental health. And like, guys, what you guys are talking about? Like minus 5%, like it's not the case right. at all. But like we can do things that are going to strengthen the brand. Uh, we can talk about improving the quality of the food. We can talk about, hey, let's improve the service that we have in the restaurant with digital because the short term is is moving mm -hmm. okay. You know, like if the if the uh, the scene is falling on your head uh, on the today, that will consume your time. Right. You know, so my, my and again, like easier said than done. But my suggestion would be like focus on the short term, get that machine running, and that will open space for you and to build feed. trust with yeah. your team. That exactly, it's going to yeah. keep going. Like yeah. in the beginning at Burger King, everything was short term. You know, like I didn't like. Uh, it was my head completely underwater, like trying to uh, to to get stuff done, stuff out, build the credibility, as you said, and then when you start to have room to breathe, then you can increase the time horizon uh, of like uh, of the the work that 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 you do. Mm -hmm. So tell me what a, what your best day has been in your job as CMO at Burger King, and tell me about the most challenging day. Uh I think that the best day um, uh, on my job uh, at Burger King uh, was the day that we were awarded Creative Marketeer of the Year in Cannes. Mm -hmm. uh, because we had our whole team there, uh, everyone. I like, was there, I remember. All the key countries were there. Uh, and, uh, and it was such an honor, you know, like I always dreamed of like being on a brand that uh, that was awarded and, and that I felt that I had a contribution uh, on, on, on that award. And, and winning uh, Creative Marketeer of the Year in Cannes is not just because you did good work last year. It's, right. it's basically like a, it's a lifetime achievement. Mm -hmm. So, and, 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 and we brought together people from Crispin Porter, like, a, like a, I spoke with the, the previous CMO who did the work mm -hmm. uh, that was very famous. Uh, so we, we really, I tried to bring all these people together, and to me, the moment that uh, that we always remember was like when they gave us the trophy. Uh, Axel did a speech, I did a speech, and then I invited the team to come on stage to take the picture, and we had the king there too. So <laughs> that was like that was like I will never forget that. Um, most challenging um, moment. Um, uh, my God, let me think. Um, I think, I think that most, um, I think that there were several challenging moments to me uh, in the beginning, uh, because coming from 18 years of Unilever, uh, you get used to do things a certain way, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I decided to go to Burger King on purpose to put myself out of my comfort zone. Right. But coming out of your, your comfort zone, it, it can be painful, you know, like uh, because you learn. Uh, and to learn, you have to do mistakes. And I did lots of mistakes, like uh, uh, in the beginning. So it was tough to, it was tough from, to start from scratch. You know what I mean? Like one thing is like in Unilever. In Unilever, like everyone knew me and Steve and, and sketches and the work that I did for Dove and the work that I did for Vaseline uh, and what we were all about and we had a strong credibility. So landing at Burger King where there were no marketing people um, and no one had a clue what, what sketches was or like any of, they didn't care about any of that. Um, it was um, challenging, you know, and, and along the way I had days where um, where I, uh, it, it's tough when, when you are learning and you realize that, oh my God, I, I should have done something different. You know, like, oh, I, uh, I, I oversight of my side should not realize that this thing that I was doing was pissing off these people. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so uh, the six, the, the hardest day was the first uh, uh, 180 days right. Um, right. Uh, at Burger King to, so what did you out. learn from that experience that could help others? You know, think that's kind of an onboarding, right? Yeah. A new person coming into a new company. So um, what, would, what would you have done differently or what could you, yeah. what did you learn from that? So I, um, it's, it, and again, like it's, it's in hindsight, everyone is a genius, right? And um, um, I, I, I would probably have been a little bit more patient 
um, sometimes in terms of like getting something done. Um, I would um, I would probably would have focused more uh, on bringing even more people with me on the journey. You know, that's say that's a bit cliche, but uh, it's if, true. If you want to go far, uh, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. Mm -hmm. But when I arrived, I was briefed to go fast. Yeah, there was no marketing team, mm -hmm. so you can just run. Uh, and uh, but the problem is that when the results start to appear, and they're good, uh, people start to get jealous and, and all that stuff. So I, I would probably ha would have been more conscious uh, of. Uh, and I am today, but more conscious about the impact that you can cause on other people, even if you think you want. You know what I mean? Like a triple that like consciousness and, and pay tenfold more attention uh, and, and, be more, and, and be a little bit more patient. When I say be more patient, it doesn't mean uh, that I was screaming and it, pay, be more patient with yourself. You know what I mean? Like pace more this stuff. I did crazy things like I didn't take any break between Univer and Burger King. Like oh, uh, wow. they gave me some break, um, but like I was working, I was working at home, working on the positioning for the brand with a planner. You know, like why did I do that? You know what I mean? Like uh, mm -hmm. I hope the 3G guys are not listening to that, but like <laughs> I, I mean, I should I should have gone travel. I should have gone to the swimming pool. I should have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, so be more patient. Pay attention to your surroundings, the, the culture. You know the culture is different because it is different no matter where you go, if you're changing, uh, but it might be actually even more different than you think. Like build, your, build allies uh, with, with everyone um, and uh, and results will come. You know, like just calm down, be confident, you mm -hmm. do your thing and you'll be fine. So you're a very creative person. How do you stay fresh and creative? You just talked about you jumped right into yeah. Burger King from Unilever. Maybe you should have taken a little time off to renew, refresh, whatever. But how do you keep yourself energized and full of ideas and not yeah. stale yeah. and evolving? I mean, what are your rituals? What are your practices? Look, I, what are I would, your tips? I would love to say that I go to museums <laughs> and that I read books and that like... Um, 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 like I, I talk about painting and or that like music, but reality is that uh, I just try to surround myself with people who are very creative. I, I, I push to inspire people to share ideas and collaborate and throw ideas all the time. So I try to keep it very simple, the brief simple, the positioning simple, because that helps people come up with stuff. So when you say keep the brief simple, tell me more about that. Uh, so, for instance, so what's a typical brief for an agency um, or an idea or a season? Well, I mean, we have briefs that are ongoing briefs that any agency can, any agency on our roster can can bring an idea at any given time. So, for instance, because fire is better. Uh, I mean, Burger King Flame Grill since 1954. I will talk about that forever. So, the brief is because fire is better. So, that's whatever it. ideas they have, bring them on. Yeah, because fire is better. Yeah, and that's where why we did burning stores, and that's how we did like like a chocolate whopper. And uh, and burn that ad, which um, it it's going to like, um, it's going. To, I think it's it's already out. Uh, it was done in Brazil, and um, uh, it, it's, it's really really simple. Or like, let's showcase Whopper Love, which is like Whopper Freakout did, and so there are lots of ideas that showcase Whopper Love or the crazy things that people do for for a Whopper. So those, when you have a simple brief and the values and personality and the position of the brand are clear to the creative people, if they think, if they believe that you are the client, that they're going to do ideas, you're going to have more ideas than you can do. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, uh, that, and, 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 and surround yourself with good creative people that you trust. I mean, that's, and, and that's what I do. And I'm, what as I said, I'm always What percentage of your life and time do you spend with the creative people and the agencies? Is uh, 10%, 20%, 50%? Uh, it's like these days um, is probably uh, uh, shorter than before um, because I have Marcelo and I have people on my team mm -hmm. who camp there. Um, but like just an example, I at some point I had a badge for David, like uh, I had a like an employee. I had a desk. Yeah. Like uh, at some point in my career when I was here in New York um, with BBH working for BBH New York for Vaseline. I, I had a desk and a phone at BBH New York. Um, if we go to the building BBH New York, I bet with you 
that the doorman remembers me. Uh, because he used to sing a Fernando from ABBA every time I arrived. And, <laughs> like, and I was there like literally like a year ago. Uh, it, this is like more than, uh, almost like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And uh, and he still remember me because I was there so much. Um, these days, like I talk a lot with them. Uh, we meet every now and then. Uh, but my team probably spends even more time than, than I do. Mm -hmm. I hear from a lot of marketing people that, uh, you know, the CMO is really good, but procurement gets in the way. And of course, procurement is important, right? We have to have good systems. And yeah. so how do you deal with that at Burger King? Um, I feel that most of the things that we do, they, they are not expensive. You know what I mean? Like, so procurement tends to not get in the way. Uh, like all the, uh, the best campaigns that we did, there are a few exceptions to that, but like the vast majority of the campaigns that we did, they are, they are cheap. It's the mm -hmm. idea. Uh, that that's powerful, um, and uh, and usually like uh, I have the f when I say I's like myself and my team uh, we uh, we work with the production company and the director and whatever the, the thing that we want, you know, and I will, I will figure out a way to find the money uh, to do that, and I will justify why I need that. So in my case, I, I don't think it ever. Uh, got in the way. I never, n I never not did an idea because of money. Y you see, like I always found a way uh, to do it. And by the way, maybe that also helps explain why the creative teams spend a disproportionate amount of time uh, thinking about Burger King and give and coming to us with great ideas. They know we're not going to screw them over. We pay really fair. Uh, they know that if we like the idea, we are going to do it. We hardly ever have a disagreement on an idea that's outstanding. We, they think it's outstanding. We think it's not good. No, no, we, we agree. Like all one convinced the other because we both had very strong criteria. So maybe that's, and, 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 and we figured out how to make it happen legally, mm -hmm. a budget. It's not just money. There are so many uh, uh, hurdles for you to bring a great idea to life. Uh, and, and I think that sometimes clients give up uh, or they don't have the time, make the time, mm -hmm. you know, like if you want to do great work, it's going to be hard work. If it were easy, everyone would do it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So you've done so many amazing pieces of work in your life, but if you could speak first, maybe at Unilever, and I think I know what you'll say here, and then at Burger King, what's the piece of work, the creative piece of work that you're most proud of? At both companies, yeah. So in at Unilever, I would say, and it's, why it's sketches, mm -hmm. uh, because in um, there are lots of things that I did in Unilever that I'm very proud of. But sketches and describe sketches in a yeah. in a sentence or two for the audience. Yeah. So it's uh, Real Beauty Sketches uh, was a campaign that we did for Dove. In I think it was like beginning of 2013. Uh, we were Dove is about real beauty, right? Uh, but historically, campaign for real beauty has been a lot about campaigning. Almost like industry, beauty industry. Look what you're doing to us, uh, and we were trying to refresh that. So instead of putting the spotlight in the industry, we put the spotlight on women, on themselves, uh, and that's why when people watch Evolution, they do like yeah, like and when they watch sketches, they cry because it's personal, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and people don't notice that, but that is the difference, right? And uh, and it was the first time in my career that a campaign got completely out of control. You know what I mean? Like it didn't matter if you were in a pub or on my soccer practice on Saturdays in London or under a rock, underwater, people would be talking about sketches. It was ridiculous. It was like a nuclear bomb. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and I never had, I never felt that before. You know, to create like a global topic of conversation, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, and Unilever fully supported the thing. I mean, they allowed us to do, they allowed us to pick the team to work on the deployment when it hit hard and, uh, and to do whatever we wanted in terms of deployment. We were buying media globally for the first time. We did like a war room for the first time. This is back in 13. Today, everyone does that stuff. Oh, it was a huge pioneer on brand purpose. Yeah. I don't think we'd have brand purpose of the state we have it in right now in the world without Dove. Yeah, well, um, there, there were many, it was a breakthrough. Yeah, there were many brands playing around that territory, uh, but like that one hit really hard. 
Like, and it broke so many rules. You know, like people would say like, oh, don't do a video that's longer than a minute, 12 sketches. It's like three, I think. The first version was like seven. Uh, and anyway, so that was like, I remember like presenting that campaign for people who never saw it before in like the whole, like the first three rows of the convention thing, like everyone was crying. You know, that was very, 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 very powerful. Uh, and I've learned a ton uh, by doing uh, by doing that. So that's probably like the one I'm most proud of uh, from Unilever. Uh, and then on the BK side, we did so much, you know, like uh, really like so, so, so much. Uh, I think that the one that I'm most proud of probably, and, and it's, it's called, it's, in, on Unilever, I think it's very clear, mm-hmm. you know. Like, this is harder. Uh, in, in Burger King, I would say like, oh, it's between these three. You know, I w- if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Mac Whopper. Uh, so Mac Whopper was a campaign that we did, I think it was 2016, uh, where we invited McDonald's to join forces for a day, meaning like Peace Day, mm-hmm. which is yep. uh, September 21st. So we put an open letter on the New York Times uh, inviting them to create a Mac Whopper, six parts Big Mac, six parts the Whopper, as a peace-loving burger, uh, yep. and to serve in one location in Atlanta, which is literally like the midpoint between their headquarters in Chicago and ours in Miami, uh, and uh, and that it and that was basically it. Like that was like the open letter, and there was like a a website that had uh, details around the proposal and how we would make it happen. Um, and again, that one was like nuclear. Uh, like again, like no, I, like everyone was talking about that. People still talk about that. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, we also did Proud Whopper, which I'm, no pun intended, very proud of. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first ones we did for Burger King. We did Google Home of the Whopper, which I think it was really cool. We did Whopper the Tour, which is a campaign that we did end of last year. So there are a lot, like, uh, on Burger King, I think that maybe because we have this challenger mentality, right. uh, uh, and maybe because uh, the company is smaller, we are able to... Uh, crank stuff out much faster and in larger uh, larger amount. Like, are we launching two, three ideas per month mm-hmm. today? Like, it evolved to become that. Five years ago, it was like one, yeah, mm-hmm. per year. Uh, now it's like a machine gun uh, of uh, of ideas. Yeah. Now I know you love what you do and you're not going to change. But if you had to do something else in your life, what would it be? If you weren't Ooh. doing marketing at uh, Unilever and it's Burger King. almost the other way around. If I could, if I could be a soccer player, I would be a soccer player. <laughs> Since I'm not that good, then I'm a marketer. You're a great marketer, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you uh, leverage your strengths, right? Yes. Like I, it's funny because I say like I would love, I love playing soccer. And people play like, do you play well? I'm like, well, if I did, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like teaching uh, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, but um, so I would probably be like. Um, uh, a teacher or a consultant, like, I, I don't know. Um, I, like, I, I like sharing. I like uh, communicating. I like talking. I like presenting. So maybe I would apply that to th- this other side. Mm-hmm. So we're going to end this wonderful interview with a lightning round. Okay. So I want you to tell me what's the one non-BK brand you can't live without? Oh, the non-BK brand I cannot live without. Mm, let me think. Jesus Christ, like, what would that be? Um, like, it's funny because, like, I'm, I'm such a marketeer <laughs> that I'm the type of guy that uh, may buy a product just because I like the marketing uh, of yeah. the brand. You know, like, uh, I'm on the verge of subscribing to the New York Times. Uh, because I love the work they are doing. Mm-hmm. I remember um, bu- buying the pre-order of Halo, uh, right. which is a, was an Xbox game, yep. um, and I didn't have an Xbox. <laughs> just I'm, I swear to God, just because uh, of Museum of Humanity, which mm-hmm. won the Grand Prix yeah, film fantastic. a long time ago. Like I, I remember like buying Cadbury chocolate because of Gorilla. The gorilla. Like yeah. uh, I remember like. Trying to like Guinness so many times uh, because of <laughs> Surfer and because of s- the Swimmer. Uh, but you hate how it tastes. I know I, de- I hate it. <laughs> like I, I still can't do it. Um, but like I'm that type of animal, you know, like uh, uh, that I would go. I, I, I love the work. I love the industry. And uh, I just admire uh, the work from 
uh, that, that that other people do. So why do you love? I think, the I, think I think I love Apple. If I like, yeah. I would struggle. I would struggle to to have a PC. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like especially because I'm online all the time, I would struggle to have a phone that's not my phone and to have a laptop that's not my yeah my MacBook Pro. So why do you love the industry so much, and why do you love advertising and marketing? I mean, is it about because creativity and commerce come together? It's about purpose. It's about meaning. It's about affecting the world. What is it? Yeah, I think briefly. Uh, I, I think I love um, I love creativity in general, um, and uh, and. And and I think that the pace that creativity gets developed in the industry, and the impact that you can have on people's life is incredibly high. You know, like uh, if uh, uh, one you said like, what's the one question that you get the most frequently? Mm-hmm. The two questions that I get the most frequent are, if if I'm not afraid of some of the stuff we do, and the second one is like, how could you leave Unilever, uh, Dove, to work on fast food? You know, like why don't you work for a vegan brand? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I get a lot of that from my friends too. Uh, and, and, and answering your questions, like, well, I'm making a difference. Like, whether you like fast food or not, fast food is here. You know, like, and the number of visits that we get is like r- ridiculous, like per day. So I will work to make an impact on on this industry. You know, like we are we are doing a lot of stuff in terms of cleaning up the ingredients, removing preservatives, artificial stuff, la la la. Impossible like, Burger, right? Yeah. Well, we just launched yeah. that. Uh, it has been so far so good, mm-hmm. like better than what you were expecting. But we think it's going to grow even further, uh, and in uh, in in causing an impact here, just like Dove had an impact uh, mm-hmm. on, on people. It's soap, right? I mean, yeah. it's a beauty bar, yeah. but it's like or like. Uh, how you can have a brand talking about the talk, uh, or you can have right. a, a, a brand uh, talking about uh, 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 like uh, like a girl, you know, like all those Good brands. PG ideas. Yeah, yeah. you can, yeah. exactly. So I'm, like you can make an impact on people's life. You know, like uh, your brand can do more than just represent a function or product. Uh, and I think that the, the, when you combine that with creativity, it just gets me excited, and that's why I like the industry mm-hmm. so much. Are you watching any series right now? Netflix or Amazon or Hulu? Um, um, uh, my wife is trying to convince me to watch Homecoming. Um, I, I slept like on the, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I think that yeah. just like everyone else, uh, we watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Go like, to the cinema. Uh, yes, yeah. we we go to the cinema. We have our favorite movie theater uh, in Miami, and we get our VIP tickets that have like the the, the assigned seat. Uh, and uh, we go a lot to, to the, the last movie that we watched was Us, uh, that we watched in the movie theater, uh, which I think is the same director as Get Out. Right. Um, and uh, uh, we are all the time there. We watch probably like two, three movies per week together. Uh, so I'm big on movies, uh, series. The only one that I'm right now, because I go through phases that I'm completely addicted for is Game of Thrones. We had Scott Galloway on the podcast earlier, and he said, it's my obsession. I, th- I stop everything. <laughs> so last question. We talked about Sylvia Lagnato coming on the, po- the podcast. Yeah. Who else would you like to see me interview on the CMO podcast? Who would you be curious about? Um, I would, um, I would th- like, there are, there are so many, like, great people uh, out there uh, uh, in, the, in the industry. Um, uh I would probably interview Ruben from New York Times. I don't know if you. I do know him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would. Uh, I would talk to Marcel Marcondes, who works for uh, uh, Budweiser mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the in the in the U.S. So, uh, he, he's based here in New York. Um, I would talk to Steve Miles, who who runs right. Dove. Yeah. I mean, he's awesome. Um, and e- anything that he says will probably sound amazing because he has this British posh accent uh, it's much more credible than in my Brazilian broken English uh, and uh, I would I would maybe talk to uh, Lorraine uh, to Hill yeah, from, sure. uh, from Google sure. I mean they were uh, marketer of the year uh, last year, last year. Yeah. Uh, it was not announced the new one yet right the, I know you know but you I cannot know. I cannot say, say on this podcast yeah you see I'm trying to get information I'll tell you when the, ca- when the camera shuts off that's so good um, <laughs> and uh, and then you guys can call me and I'm joking uh, like uh yeah, so there are so many great people. I would love to to hear from the guys who did the Nike campaign, mm-hmm. uh, which will probably will win absolutely. It's the thirtieth anniversary of Just Do It, so yeah. they'll be presenting in Cannes this year. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so there are lots of great people doing great work uh, out there, even in my category. 
You oh, know, I know, like I'm bring Sylvia, bring the guys from KFC, bring the person from Wendy's, bring the guy from Taco Bell. They they have great stories to tell. The Catholic has been doing really good. Highly work. creative. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Fernando, this was incredible. My it thank was my you for pleasure. being my guest. It was just inspiring in every way. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. So that was my conversation with Fernando Machado. I really admire the way he is so passionate about his work. This guy just loves what he does. He loves creativity. He loves marketing. He loves brands. He loves ideas. He sees the impact he can make in people's lives. But at the end of the day, this is the only thing this guy wants to do in this world is to work on creativity and work in marketing. His passion was just amazing. That's it for this episode of the CMO Podcast. If you found this helpful and entertaining, I would be so grateful if you could share our show with your friends. And I would be super happy if you subscribe so you can be updated as we publish new episodes. And if you really want to help, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.